All right. Good evening, everyone. I know we'll have a few minutes straggling in a little bit. And I know the rain's probably tried to hinder some of us from being here tonight. Hopefully right. everyone else will be here that's supposed to be here. Amen? Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, about being committed to the Lord tonight. And uh, I've got a lot of ground to cover. And uh, so I'm going to, we're going to jump in here pretty quick. I, I do want to say a couple of things. First of all, I want to continue to talk to everyone and let everyone know why we're having equipped classes. What does equipped mean? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that the fivefold ministry, okay, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, we are here to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Okay? That's right. Well, well what does equip mean? Okay? We're supposed to equip you. What does that mean? Well, that means we're supposed to give you good doctrine. We're supposed to help you rightly divide the word of truth. How to, how to look into the word of God, rightly divide it, so that you're receiving the life of God. Okay? That's very, very important. And then how to operate as a Christian from the word of God. In particular, how to operate in the fruit of the Spirit and how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? And we want to equip you, and that's what these classes are for. If you notice that I started out talking about the integrity of God's Word. That was the number one class. Okay? And then last week, uh, we talked about Jesus being the Word made flesh. Okay? And tonight, we're going to talk about the authority of God's Word, or how to make God's Word first place and final authority in your life. If we can't, listen, if we don't live on the Word, covered by the Word, and live from the Word, all of the other e words that we give you from equip are not going to go anywhere. Someone say amen. Amen. Okay? We must be established on the Word of God. Okay? Now, having said that, equip, listen to me, equip is it's structured so that it builds upon one another. So, equip isn't for you to pick your favorite teacher and come and go as you please. Okay? Equip is here because we have a master structure of how we're actually designing these classes so that you will truly be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Okay? So, just because I'm not speaking next week and you're like, Martin, why am I coming to listen to Martin? Okay? Which I hope if you say that, you will definitely eat your words, man. I was at a, at a, at a night of refreshing uh, that he spoke at. Some of the, I, I listened to a lot of people preach. I'm talking and been around some men of God. Dude, he was on fire. It was some of the best preaching and teaching I've ever heard. It was amazing. Were some of y'all there that night? Can, can you testify to that? Okay. So you're in for a treat if you come and, and, and we'll you know, get, get your heart, be ready to listen. Martin's going to bless you. Now listen, in the next three weeks after tonight, he's going to be talking on living prophetically. Living prophetically. Okay? And I know sometimes we hear that word prophet, prophecy, prophetically. We hear those words and sometimes we're like, whoa, that's kind of weird and freaky. And you know what? Martin's job is to take the weird and freaky out of prophecy and prophets and put in it, okay, the Word of God, the realness of God, and how it's a natural thing for spiritual people to do spiritual things. Amen? Amen? We're supposed to be spiritual people, and we're supposed to do spiritual stuff. Well, in the natural, that looks extraordinary, or some would say weird, right? But weird doesn't mean wrong. 
if it's based on the Word of God. Amen. Now, I know I'm getting to preaching here on his topic, so I'm going to stop. But listen, I really want to highly recommend, don't stop after tonight. Move on to the next step, next step and next phase of being equipped and come to the next three classes called Living Prophetically, okay? He's, in particular, he's going to talk about the different places where we have kind of, what, what do we call them, uh, kind of overcoming the, the wrong thinking about prophecy, about prophets, okay? He's going to talk about the difference between the office of the prophet and what prophecy is and how everybody is supposed to prophesy. So he's going to break things down for us. He's going to talk about the spirit of prophecy, all those kinds of things, and kind of get our religious thinking away and out of us that has something to do with prophets and prophesying and begin to, to think and live according to the Word of God. Amen? So we live according to the Word, then we're equipped, and we can see amazing things happen. Amen? So continue in equipped classes because, listen, by the time you're done, it's a 16-week process. By the time you're done at the end of this process of this semester, I guarantee you, you are going to feel equipped, informed. You're going to feel stronger. You're going to feel, you're going to have an anointing and an ability to be able to minister to people more fully than you ever have in your life. Because we're praying for that. Amen. Amen? And I pray that you're praying for that. And when we pray those prayers and then we do as the Lord tells us to do and we do our part, He puts His super on our natural and it always comes to pass. Amen? Amen. And so y'all be believing with us, okay, that after you're done with these classes, and listen, that final class is going to be myself and Pastor Sam, Pastor Chris, and all of the, the team, the teachers, we're going to take time to actually prophesy over you. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to speak things into your life. And we're going to read your mail a little bit. And we're going to let God challenge you to take that next step in your walk with God. Amen? Are you excited? Yes. I'm excited. Amen. Okay. All right. So that's, that's a little bit about Equip. Okay? Um, I want to real quickly go over the resources. I have a new one tonight. Last week I told you about um, the three resources. I actually gave you two last week. I'm going to give you a third one tonight. Tonight's really important. I'm going to highlight it. But um, the first two resources are Grounds for Living, okay, by Jack Hayford. If you, if you, again, this is about coming alongside of what I'm teaching. Listen, the Bible says study to show yourself approved. Amen. So you need to get these resources, and you need to start digging in. And we're going to talk about that tonight, okay? So this is Grounds for Living by Jack Hayford. There's another book I don't have it with me called The Integrity of God's Word, okay? by Brother Copeland, that I think everyone really gets very basic, very simple about God's word being integrous, okay? Which, integrous is a word. We found that out. Um, and then the last one, and this is the one I want to highlight tonight for everyone, because we're going to kind of de delve into this tonight. This one is called Dynamic Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren, okay? Dynamic Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren. Gives you 12 different ways to study the Bible. I know a lot of you are like, man, when I read the Bible, I, it's like dead. I'm like, I don't understand this. Guess what? This will show you how to walk through it systematically so that you're pulling knowledge and pulling wisdom out of the Word of God to apply to your life at this moment and this time in your life. Amen? So there's 12 different ways that he's going to show you how to study the Bible. 
You don't have to study the Bible all 12 ways. When I, when I went through this, I found a couple of them, and I read all of them, and, I, and there's still sometimes when I get pulled to one another, but there's two or three that really are my favorite and that I tend to gravitate to, and there's an anointing on it for my life, and I do that quite a bit. But then there's other times the Lord will say, no, I want you to study it like this. So this is a great resource. Please pick that up whenever you get a chance, okay? All right, resources done. Let's move on, okay? Last week we found out that Jesus was the Word made flesh. Amen? That's a great thing to know. And uh, we have to understand that in order to move more fully into where we want to go. Tonight, I'm going to talk about making God's Word first place and final authority. So if you want a title... If you're taking notes, hopefully everyone is, okay? I invite, and I, and I only invite, I highly encourage everyone when you come to equip classes to bring a, bring a Bible, notebook, and pen. And if that means you're writing on your iPad or iPhone, that's cool. But I think it's highly important that you take notes. Amen? And I'm going to say it again because, you know, Or Robert said this a lot. He said, people really don't start to assimilate information until they've heard something at least seven times. Okay? And I think there's even been more research that it's as much as 21 times. Okay? So I'm going to say this again. Okay? If George W. Bush came here or someone very important that you highly esteem and was going to give you some, some, some life principles or some, something to take home with you, if you showed up, you probably would show up with pen and paper, right? How much more so from the Word of God? Amen? When we, I mean, there's studies shown and proven that when we write things down, it assimilates into who we are in, on a much more vast scale. Amen? So, and you may not write everything I say. I'm not expecting you to. But here's what I want you to write down. Everybody listen to me. I want you to be listening for the voice of the Spirit. Sometimes it may be a phrase I say, or it may be something that the Holy Spirit just speaks to your heart in the midst of what I'm saying. But listen, and when he says something that you're like, ooh, ooh, I need to know more about that. That's for me. Jot that down, and then go to the Word and study that further. Amen? That's the thing that God, Holy Spirit, is inspiring in you to, for you to teach and learn and grow in that area. Amen? So we want to do that. All right. Mark, would you pass that on this side? I'll get Matt to pass that on this side. Got a little handout for you. Thanks, Matt. And so they'll be handing that out. While they're doing that, turn to Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to jump right in tonight. Matthew chapter 4. And uh, let them pass these things out here. Making God's Word first place and final authority tonight. Okay? I'm going to preface this whole teaching tonight by, by, by this, okay? We're all believers here, okay? That equipped class is a believer's class. We're being equipped to do the work of the ministry. So I'm going to preach from this premise, okay? From this premise, I'm going to preach that it's understood that as Christians, we understand that God's Word is the ultimate authority. Everybody say, God's Word is the ultimate authority. Okay? And really, God's Word is the only authority, the devil tries to have authority, but he actually has none, right? The only authority he has is when we give him authority. Amen? So, And we'll get to that here in just a little bit, all right? So Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, this is kind of the banner scripture for tonight. Obviously, this is when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, okay? 
He had just gotten uh, baptized by the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit led him out into the wilderness. He was fasting 40 days and 40 nights. The devil comes to him and says, Hey, I know you're hungry. Why don't you turn these stones into bread? And this is what Jesus says. Everybody look at verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4 in Matthew. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Someone say amen. 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 Men are designed, created, and empowered to live according to and by the word of God. Amen. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. If you are a spirit, the Bible says that his words are spirit and they are life. Mm -hmm. He, He communicates to you spirit to spirit. Somebody say amen. Okay? We are not supposed to intellectually receive the Bible. We're supposed to receive the Bible spiritually. Now, will it make sense to our intellect? Absolutely it will make sense to our intellect. But many times when he asks us to do things, it may not make sense to our intellect. Amen? So we are a spirit. And listen, when God made living things, every living thing was made to have nourishment. Did you know that? Our spirits are made to have nourishment. The way our spirits are nourished is by the Word of God. Okay? Your body needs to have nourishment. Right? Your mind, your will, and your emotions need to have nourishment. Did you know that? Your mind needs to have nourishment. It needs to learn. It needs to grow. It needs to be educated. It needs to move forward. Otherwise, guess what? If it never gets educated, it begins to go backwards, doesn't it? It begins to not not be of any use. What about your muscles? If you don't use your muscles, what do they do? They atrophy. They go backwards. Right? If you're not feeding your spirit, your spirit, you're going to go backwards. See, God, God designed everything to be a witness and a testimony to the spirit realm. Amen? So your spirit needs nourishment. Your soul needs nourishment. Your body needs nourishment. To the degree that you give your body good nourishment is to the degree your body is able to operate and function. To the degree that you give your spirit good nourishment is to the degree that your spirit can operate excellently. Amen? Listen, if you're not setting yourself in a way that the Word of God is nourishing you, if you're just reading the Bible and when you're done going, well, I can check that off my list, I really don't know how that applies or what that means to me, you are not feeding your spirit. Okay? You're not. You have to find a way that the Word of God begins to be fed to you. See, listen, we have to be fed the Word of God and not just read the Word of God. There's a big, big difference. Okay? I'm getting a little ahead of myself in my notes, so I'm going to take a step back. Let me ask you this question. How do you live a fulfilled life? I talk to people all the time as a pastor, and they say this to me. They say, I have so much, yet I feel unfulfilled. I've got a good family, a good job, I've got great kids, I've got good friends, I've got a good congregation to be a part of. Why am I so unfulfilled? It's because you were made for more than this. You were made for more than survival. You'll never find fulfillment in life until you begin to live in God's kingdom, by God's power, and for God's glory. Somebody say that. Somebody say amen. Amen. Okay? If you're not living by in God's kingdom by his power and for his glory, you're missing the mark. 
If you're just going to work every day, putting in your time, kind of being nice to people, being a good person, you're missing the mark. God didn't call you to be a good person. He called you to be a man or woman of power in the kingdom of God, which is now and here. Yes. Amen. Amen? So how do you live a fulfilled life, the kind of life that you were designed to by God? Number one, how do you live a fulfilled life? You make God's word first place and final authority. That's how you do it. And how do you do that? How do you make God's word First place and final 40. I'm going to give you a couple of points, okay? Number one, by making God's agenda your agenda. Okay? You've got to find out what God's agenda is for your life. Okay? Second thing, making God's will your will. God's will has to be your will. Third, by caring about what God cares about. What does God care about? cares about people, right? People. And the last thing is, is hating what God hates. God doesn't hate people. He hates sin. And He hates death. And He hates the devil. Right? And everything He stands for and everything that He does. We have to align our lives with those principles. Okay? Now, the second thing in order to have a life fulfilled, in order to make God's word first place, we have to do something that I feel like we've lost this ability to do in, in my generation and younger, I feel like. I feel like in the, in the generation, the, the wartime generation, that great generation where the baby boomers came out of, you know, World War I, World War II, all those things, that generation, they had the ability to make a quality decision and never turn back. You know, my grandfather... He decided he was going to go to work for the Ford Motor Company, and he worked on the assembly line, assembly line for Ford Motor Company for 25 years. Then he retired, and he decided to go to work for the mail company, U.S. Mail. And he worked for them for 25 years and retired. He's got a couple of nice pensions going on, right? But you know what? Once he made that decision, this is what I'm going to do, this is who, who I'm going to be, in his heart and mind, there was no turning back. Listen, we as, as, as Christians, there's times in our life when we read something in the Word, God is asking you to make a quality decision. And a quality decision is defined like this. Let me read this to you. A quality decision is a decision from which there is no retreat and about which there is no argument. You know, that's why we have way over 50% of divorce rate in America. Right? Because we didn't make a decision, a quality decision, that, that the things we said, such as for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, sickness and health, till death do us part, that's not a quality decision that, we're, that we've made to the point where we're going to stick that out. Amen? We've got to, listen, we've got to be a generation that's going to make quality decisions and stick by our decisions. Especially when they come, and most importantly, because they come from the Word of the living God. Amen? So we must learn how to do that. Two quality decisions that all disciples of Christ must make are these. Number one, I refuse to ever alter the Word of God to fit my lifestyle. 
I'm going to say that again. You've got to make this decision. I refuse to ever alter the Word of God to fit my lifestyle. See, when you start start trying to get in the Word and justify the way you want to live, instead of living the way God has told you to live, now you're altering the Word of God. And what's going to happen is, is you're going to see bad fruit in your life. It'll begin to be unhealthy in that area of your life. Okay? Because God's Word was designed to be obeyed and produce life and produce health. Now, the, the flip side of that is, so there's that one, I refuse to ever alter the Word of God to fit my lifestyle. And similar to that is, I will always alter my lifestyle to agree with the Word of God. And that is two different things. <laughs> that is two different things. I will always alter my lifestyle to agree with the Word of God. See, this is making God's Word first place and final authority in your life. These are decisions, quality decisions that we must make by which we cannot turn away, we cannot retreat, and we don't argue with it. Amen? We don't argue with it. Now, does that mean we can't go to God and go, God, I really wanted to do that. I really I felt like that was the right thing. And, and, but then if He says His Word and it's clear in His Word, you need to go, okay, yes, sir. Somebody say amen. Okay? And if you're unsure, listen to me, if you're unsure about an area of your life that you're not sure about, whether you're walking in the Word of God, ask someone. Don't live in what may or may not be sin because that's the enemy slipping in and trying to trip you up and cause you to fall into a snare or a trap. Don't live in a gray area of life. Live either in the black or white. Amen? Amen. And you need to be living in just the one, right? God himself said, don't be hot or cold or I'll spew you out of my mouth. In other words, he says, if you've got a gray area of your life, you need to get the gray out and start living the way I tell you to live. Someone say amen. Amen. Okay? I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. (laughs) Got to remember, I grew up as a youth pastor. I expect people to talk back. Okay? I like to hear preach on. Amen? I, when, when Mark was preaching, he said, I'm, I'm, he said, I might preach so good somebody might throw a shoe at me. Well, guess what I did? I threw a shoe at him. At one point in his, in his message, he said something. I was like, oh, my shoe. That was amazing. I received that. Now, I'm not going to tell you to throw a shoe at me. I did miss him. I don't think I hit him, but uh, it was towards him. All right, so we must refuse to alter the Word of God to fit our lifestyle, and we must always alter our lifestyle to agree with the Word of God. All right? That's two ways that we begin to have that fulfilled life. That's two ways that we begin to make God's first word first place and final authority. The third way is this. You must learn to feed on the word of God and not just read it. Everybody say feed. feed. There is a huge difference between feeding and reading. Okay? You've got to know and understand how to feed on the word of God. In Psalms 34 verse 8, okay? The Bible says this. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? How do you taste God? How do you taste and see that the Lord is good? How do you do that? We hear that scripture. You've probably heard that scripture since you were a little bitty kid, right? And I bet I've quoted it. Taste and see that the Lord is home. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Woo-hoo! You know? And didn't really ever think, what in the world does that mean? 
How does that apply to me? Right? How do you taste? Well, let's look at another scripture. Look at John chapter 6. Don't look in there real quick. John chapter 6, verse 33 through 35. Jesus himself said this. You want to know how to taste and see that the Lord is good? Jesus said this. For the bread of God is He which cometh down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then said they unto Him, Lord, evermore give us bread. And Jesus said this unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Amen? Now remember, we learned last week that Jesus is what? Jesus is what? The Word made flesh. So how do we eat of Jesus? We eat the Word of God. We feed upon the Word of God. Now I'm going to talk to you for a second about what the difference is between feeding and reading. There's a big, big difference. I don't have to define reading. Everybody knows how to read in here, right? Oh. <laughs> right? We know reading simple. Let's talk about feeding. Okay? Feeding is taking the time to digest the Word through meditation, study, and prayer. Okay? It's absorbing the very essence of the Word until it becomes a part of who you are and not just what you know. Let me say that again because I think, I think some of y'all aren't listening or didn't hear that with your spirit. Let me say it that way. Hear this with your spirit, okay? Feeding is absorbing the very essence of the Word until it becomes a part of who you are and not just what you know. You hear that? It becomes who you are. You know, when disciples walked around and they followed their rabbi, there are many rabbis in Israel. Jesus was one. But these little disciples, which sometimes were 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, they were young boys. You know, they would walk around right behind the rabbi, a little pack of them, like little, like little ducks. You know, they'd walk around just following that, following that rabbi. And I'm talking close. That's where we heard that phrase, and y'all heard Pastor Sam say it on Sunday, oh, that you would be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Why, would, why is it that that would be a prayer that, that those Jewish people prayed? It's because you wanted to walk so closely with your rabbi that the dust from his heels, you would be right there on his heels. These, these, these little disciples would follow their rabbi to the point where if he went into the bathroom, they wanted to watch and observe how he went to the restroom. And I know you're all like, what? That's freaky. That's weird. Listen, they were trying to become the Word of God that was in him so powerfully and so much that they did not want to miss a thing. It was about who they were becoming, not the information that they knew. See, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew stuff in their mind, but they couldn't see the Word of God standing right in front of them named Jesus. Listen, when you're studying the Bible and all you're getting is intellectual knowledge, you're being Pharisaical. I can say it that way. You're being as a Pharisee. If you're not listening to the Word and letting it feed your spirit, or you're, there's something prompting you to move and to do as Jesus would do, then you're just being religious. And the only people Jesus ever rebuked was religious people. 
didn't rebuke the prostitute, didn't rebuke the tax collector, didn't rebuke the sinners, right? right. Loved every one of them, gave them grace, gave them mercy, loved on them, brought them into the kingdom, changed their identity. But those Pharisees and Sadducees couldn't see it. So how do we feed upon the Word where it becomes who we are, not just what we know? It's, it's, listen, meditation. Let's talk a minute about meditation. Meditation in, in the Eastern sense, okay, Eastern transcendental meditation, all that kind of stuff, that is you trying to clear your mind. That's not what this is. Because when you try to clear your mind, you end up with a bunch of junk in there. You do. Because what happens is this. You're trying to be in control. You aren't designed to be in control. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be in control. That's right. When you put yourself on the throne of your life, you're in, you're in trouble. <laughs> Something not good is going to happen. Because we're supposed to follow and be led by the Spirit of love. The Holy Spirit. Right. The Spirit of truth. The Spirit of peace. The Spirit of joy. How do you do that? You empty your mind? No. What you do is you fill your mind with the Word of God. And the way you fill it is you, you don't have to read chapters and chapters and chapters. Take a verse or a phrase or a passage. Read it over and over and over. Speak it to where now you're, you, you've got it in your memory. Many of us can quote a passage of Scripture because it's in our memory. But we want to take it from memory memory to digestion. And the way you do that is you begin to mumble. The word for meditate actually is mumble or murmur. Okay? Is that, did I say that right? Not, that's not murmur like complaining or mutter. Excuse me, mutter, not murmur. To, to mutter or to mumble to oneself. Right? So walking around and saying, God, John 10, 10. That you came, right? What did he say? I came, huh? To give you life and to give it to you more abundantly, right? The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So pick out one scripture. Maybe it's one that the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you. Maybe it's a life, something in your life that's been going on. And grab a hold of that scripture and begin to chew. Everybody say chew. How do you chew? You know, you want to chew like a cow chews. None of this is going to sound gross, but any of you ever, any, anybody ever heard how a cow chews his cud? They, they, they get the grass with their mouth, and they get the grass, they get a big lump of grass going, and they get their tongue, and they roll around. And roll around. You can watch them, and their mouths are just working. And then they swallow it, and it goes into a stomach, and then they regurgitate it. Say regurgitate. How do you regurgitate the word? You speak the word. It goes into your heart. Then you speak it back out. Then it goes back down in your heart. Then you speak it back out. Then it goes down in your heart. Then you speak it back out. What's happening is, is you're becoming the word made flesh. And when you become that word made flesh, there's power in it. All of a sudden there's an anointing that comes upon the word for the word to do what it's appointed and anointed to do in your life. But it's because you spent the time feeding. Everybody say self-feeding. Self Listen, it is our mantra. It is our goal. It is our premise. It, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to say it any harder or better. Listen, it is our complete and utter longing that everyone in this church 
from now on will be a self-feeder. Say it again, self-feeder. Okay, we must learn to be... Now listen, hear me. I didn't say learn to read the Bible. I said learn to feed yourself by the anointing and Spirit of God, the Word of God. And that takes time. It takes time. Spending time and allowing the Word of God. And listen, you can't feed on a whole pasture of food. Cows eat, and they rumble it around, and then it finally digests, and then they go and they eat some more. We think we've got to read 20 chapters, 30 chapters, or whatever. God's going, slow down. <laughs> You're trying to do this, and none of it's making you, it's actually hurting you more than it's harming you, because you're not rightly dividing it. When you don't rightly divide the word of truth, then there's twistedness in it, then the enemy can come in and twist it and change it, and it won't be of any substance to you. Somebody say amen. Okay? So meditation is like a cow chewing its cud. It's mulled over and over. It's mumbled over and over. It's repeated over and over. It's slept on over and over. You're woken up to it over and over. Amen? It's declared over and over. It's whispered over and over. It's discussed over and over. Somebody saying it. It needs to be something that's rumbling around in you all the time. And listen, if someone comes to you and says, what's the Lord saying to you? Man, it's just, oh yeah, hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you what the Lord's saying to me. I've been, I've been chewing on this thing for a week. Let me tell you. I've been chewing on this thing for a month. Let me tell you. Listen, you cannot have dreams and visions come to pass in your life if you don't know how to feed on the Word of God. Because visions are birthed and then they're, they're birthed inside, then they're birthed outside. And the Word of God is what bursts it inside and it bursts it outside. That's why feeding on the Word of God is it's, it's huge in the life of a Christian. Huge. Let's, let me, I'm going to skip ahead here just real quick and read you this. Anybody know who Booker T. Washington is? That make sense? I know it's in here. He said this. Booker T. Washington was an African-American educator, an author, an orator, and he was an advisor to presidents of the United States from between the time of 1890 and 1915. So this, guy's, this guy advised presidents. Okay, Very well respected. This is what he said about the Bible. That's right. <laughs> He said this, No man can read the Bible and be lazy because the Bible increases your desires and therefore it increases your capacity to achieve. I'm going to say that again. This is very important to understand. If you want to see blessing and prosperity and you want to know what to do and how to go and where to be and you want, you want to have direction and guidance and wisdom in your life, it all comes down to understanding, not reading, understanding the Word of God for your life. No man can read the Bible and be lazy because the Bible increases your desires and therefore, it increases your capacity to achieve. I don't know about you, but I love it when my capacity to achieve is increased. I mean, think of it this way. This, here, I'll, I'll, I'm skipping ahead again, but think of it this way. Have you ever noticed that when you read the Bible, the more you read it, the more you say to yourself, man, I need to do that. 
I, I need to think like that. Right? I, I need to have my life look like that. Right? What's happening is it's, it's, it's your desires are expanding and your capacity to achieve desires is expanding. Amen? Within the Word of God is all your dreams wrapped up. You hear me? And it's actually those dreams have already been implanted in your heart when you were, when you were made and fa fashioned and formed in your mother's womb. The Word of God just breathes on. Boom. Ooh, that's who I am. That's what I'm supposed to do. Right? <clears throat> the more you get into the Bible, the more it will shape your thinking and therefore it begins to influence the culture around you through you. Okay? So again, that's, that's achieving. Okay. Page one is done. If you do not learn, listen, I'm going to say this and Pastor Sam may slap me later. I don't know. I hope he goes, amen. If you do not learn how to self-feed, you will never accomplish the calling and dreams that God has for you. I, I think God's going to say, I think, I think God, I think Sam would say amen. If, listen, if you're constantly, if I was, if my son at 17 years old kept coming to me and said, Daddy, feed me, y'all would be like, something's wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, either something's really wrong physically or something's wrong with their relationship. Right? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. If I was still changing his diapers at 17 years old, there'd be something wrong. Right? You realize God changes our diapers and feeds us all the time without, and the way he does it is we always are running to somebody else and he's saying, hey, I, you need to self-feed. Somebody say self-feed. Okay? You've got to mature. Right. Equipping is about maturing right. unto Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right? We're growing up and le learning to be like Jesus. Amen. But what did I started off this whole thing with, with the scripture of that Jesus himself said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when the devil came and tried to beat him on him, what did he use to defend himself? The word of God. But if he hadn't known that word, hadn't self-fed himself on that word, hadn't cultivated that word in his heart and mind, and see, listen, all, all y'all are going, but that Jesus, wait a minute, he's God. No, he was a man anointed of the Holy Spirit. He was a young rabbi boy, or a young boy that, that, that as a rabbi, he learned all of the books of the Bible like they did back in the day. Matter of fact, that scripture in Matthew chapter 4, when he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by word that proceeds from the mouth of God, actually comes out of Deuteronomy chapter, I believe it's either 6 or 8. Okay? So he was actually quoting word that he had learned as a young boy, and it meant something to him. And he used it to be able to fend off the enemy. Amen? Amen. Now, so if you don't learn how to selfie, you'll never accomplish the calling and dreams that God has for you. Don't rely on others. Don't come to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and think that's enough. That's not enough. That's right. Got to be doing it every day. Everybody say every day. Every day. Do you eat food for your body every day? Yes. Should you eat food for your spirit every day? Yes. Yes. It's the same thing. We must feed our spirits every day. Okay? 
Now, I want to talk about this for a minute. You can hinder the authority of God's Word at work in your life by not receiving His Word. Did you know that? You can hinder the work and the authority of God's Word by not receiving it. And I'm going to show you two places in the Scripture. The Bible says a mouth of two or three witnesses. Let everything be established. So let's look at Matthew chapter 13 first. We'll go there. We don't want to hinder the Word, do we? Matthew chapter 13. Is this good tonight? You'll get something? You'll receive it? Um, Matthew chapter 13. We'll start in verse 53. 1353. No, it's not Matthew. Oh, man. Oh, sorry. Matthew 15, verse 6. Let's look at Matthew 15, verse 6. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to... Actually, let's just back up to verse 1. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees. Here comes the religious leaders, okay? Which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Everybody say tradition. Tradition. Okay? We, we have got to realize that when we have traditions that we're believing, those need to be removed. Okay? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother, and he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. But you say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever you might be profited by me. Verse 6, And honor not his father or his mother. He shall be free. Thus, you have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You've made the commandment of God. You've made the word of God of none effect by traditions of men. Okay? That's why it's so important that we must learn to rightly divide the word of truth. If you're not sure if something's a tradition or if it really is biblically sound and biblically based doctrine, ask. Everybody say ask. ask. Okay? Ask someone. Ask a five-fold minister that you trust and that you know loves you and is going to walk you through it in love. Okay? Find someone and find out the Word of God. All right? Now, let me see if I can find this other one. Um, and y'all might have to help me here because I, I, I think I did write it down wrong. Maybe Mark. Hold on. Let me see. <clears throat> Okay, somebody help me find the scripture. I don't have it. The, the scripture where Jesus goes to his own hometown. Where is that? Somebody look in their concordance and help me find it. I had it down in Matthew 13. Mark 6. Mark 6. Or Matthew 13, 58. Matthew 13, 58. Didn't I say Matthew 13, 58? Okay, all right. Okay, so I guess that was right. Matthew 13, verses 53 through 58. Okay, I had it right. I guess I was looking at the wrong page or something. Okay, let's read this story together real quick. Now, again, we're talking about our, we, we can hinder the authority and the Word of God in our lives. Number one, by tradition, and then we're going to find another way. Okay, listen to this. 
verse 53, Matthew 13, 53, where I'm going to start. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed there. And when he came from, uh, and when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, From where has this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this. Uh, the, uh, is not his mother called Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where then has this man all these things? And they were offended. Everybody say offended. offended. They were offended in him. Okay? Now I'm going to read 57 in the Amplified to bring it out a little bit. Okay? This is verse 57 in the Amplified. Listen to this. And they took offense at him. They were repelled and hindered from acknowledging his authority. We're talking about the authority of the word. From acknowledging his authority and caused to stumble. They were caused to stumble because they wouldn't acknowledge his authority. And it goes on to say, um, But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And he did no did not do many mighty works of power there because, everybody say because, because, because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. Everybody say their unbelief. Okay? Do my best not to skip ahead here because I really want to. Um, we must understand, going back to our... Back to our or a topic here, you can hinder the authority of God's word at work in your life by not receiving his word. They did not receive the word of God, Jesus himself. They did not receive him as the word of God. They received him as a man. Right? They belittled his anointing. As a matter of fact, they just said, this guy's not anointed. He lives down the street. Right? right? Now listen, there's many times when the Holy Spirit speaks something to you and it's for you, and it's right for your heart, and you belittle it. That's how you render the Word of God to have no effect in your life. Amen? You must have an open heart. Now, if there's something that you hear that you're not sure about, and you need scriptural evidence to back it up, then you need to take the time to find those scriptures. So I'm not saying that you open your mouth wide and you receive it all to your own detriment. That's not what I'm saying. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? But one way that we are fed is we hear. Everybody say hear. Okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've all heard that scripture, right? Well, the scripture, two scriptures right before that is this. Okay? It says... Except if they can't hear, if they, if they, don't, if they, if they haven't heard, and it's because they don't have a preacher. Right. You remember that? Okay. How can they hear without a preacher? Right? So we have to have a preacher to hear the word sometimes. Not all the time, but many times, another way to be fed is by hearing the word of God. Right. Amen? Yeah. Now, once we hear the word of God, and it inspires our heart, just like you're hearing tonight... And just like I told you from the very beginning, there's going to be words that are spoken that, you, that it's a phrase, it may be a sentence, it may be a scripture, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit, you can tell He breathed on it at that moment, then you're supposed to receive that. Okay? Man, I'm wanting to get ahead. 
You're supposed to receive that and bear fruit. Everybody say bear fruit. Okay? And I'm not going to get to that yet. We'll get to that scripture in a minute. Okay? All right. So, let me say this about, about Jesus. Okay? Did you notice that Jesus went to his own hometown? He's got all his cousins, all his friends, all his family there. Out of every place that he ever went and ever traveled, where do you think he wanted to do magic works? Who do you think he wanted to heal? The people he was closest to, right? Well, let me say this about that. The Holy Spirit told me this, and I believe you need to write this down. Jesus never usurps authority. He gently asks for it from you. Jesus never usurps authority. He gently asks for it from you. He is not going to shove it down your throat. If you're going to sin and sin and sin, He's not going to all of a sudden call you to have a car wreck or give you cancer. You know what He's doing the whole time? He's going, hey, you're better than that. That's not who you are. You're righteous. You're holy. You're a royal priesthood. He's telling you who you are the whole time that you're in sin. He's not going, if you don't stop it, I'm going to cause you to have blah, blah, blah. That's condemnation. That's accusation. That's the enemy's voice. Amen? Now, can you open the door for that to happen to your life? Yeah. By you living a lifestyle of sin, you open the door. That's why the Bible says, make no room for the devil. Right? When we sin, we open the door for the enemy to come in and harm us or hurt us or do something to us. But that's not God's will for us. Amen? He's a loving Father. When my kids are sinning, I don't I don't go to them and go, here, I can't believe you. Look at you. I should just I should just beat you. That's what my dad did. A lot of times when I was in the wrong, and, and listen, there are times when I deserve to spank you, or I deserve some correction or some discipline. But sometimes it was about, I'm gonna beat you. God's a loving Heavenly Father. And when we fall down, and I do this with my kids all the time, when I find out that there's something going on in their life that's not biblical, that's not healthy, that's leading to destruction, you know what I do? I look them in the eye and I say, that's not who you are. And then I tell them who they are. And if I have to, if I have to get the word out and go, let me show you, Here, here's who you are. And I'll, I'll read them the word of God. I'll say, I'm not making that up. God is telling you that's who you are. Yeah. This is who you are. That thing you're doing, that's not who you are. This is who you are. Amen? And so then they've got a choice. Do I form my lifestyle? Do I alter my lifestyle to what the Word of God is saying? Or do I continue to try and make, my, make the Word of God fit my lifestyle? You have that choice. Okay? All right. Here's another uh, point. <laughs> Christians can and will be carnal without the anointed, ongoing instruction of God's Word for their lives. Say that again. Christians can be, Christians can be and will be carnal without the anointed, ongoing instruction of God's Word for their lives. Listen, we have flesh. We have an unrenewed mind. We have, we have, a, 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 we have a, a thing that tries to pull us over into sin. And then we have a tempter. We have someone who 
who's putting stuff on us all the time. Okay? Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me explain it this way. The Barna Group, you might know who the Barna Group is? It's a Christian research group that does research worldwide about Christian stuff, about church attendance and why people go to church and salvations and how many salvations have been and all these different things, okay? Well, one research that they did, they went to these countries in Central America and in Africa where there was nationwide revivals in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Nationwide revivals saw millions of people saved to the point where now their countries call themselves Christian countries. And if you poll them, 90% of those people in those countries will tell you, I'm a Christian. Okay? And yeah, we say hallelujah, but here's the problem. In those countries, particularly the African countries, AIDS has skyrocketed. Trafficking of women has skyrocketed. Government corruption is worse. Crime is worse. Drugs are more rampant. Now see, we all, in my mind, what scripture goes to my mind is, is wait a minute, when the righteous rule, the people are happy, they're blessed. Right? But that's not what's happening. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is this. They were saved and received Jesus as their Savior, but they haven't become disciples. They're not walking with Jesus. They're not altering their lifestyle to fit what the Word of God says. So there's either a very big-time depleted uh, ability for the Word of God to get to them, or there's not enough leaders to give them that word, right? Or the culture's in such discord and in such a bad way that it's going to take some time and process for the word to get in there and really begin to see an effect change. Amen? So what does that tell us? It says, can you be saved and be carnal? Yeah, you can be saved and be carnal. I can tell you how I know that because I had carnal thought today. Right? You can have some pretty carnal thoughts. And when you catch yourself is when you go, oh, wait a minute, that's not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yes. And some of us act on those carnal thoughts. Well, but what do we do? The Bible says 1 John 1, 9, what? When you sin, what? You go to God, you ask for it, you repent, you ask God for forgiveness, and what? He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all, everybody say all, all unrighteousness. Amen? Thank God there's no penalty of sin whenever we come to God and say, God, forgive me. I repent. I'm not moving in that direction. That's called grace. That's called mercy. Amen? Okay. That's also why the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. They say work it out. Okay? We're supposed to be working out. Now listen, that doesn't mean that you have to get, keep getting saved over and over and over. You've been saved, but that word salvation means soteria, the God kind of life. You're working on how to have the God kind of life your whole life. Right? You're in a process. You're in a process of freedom. You're in a process of healing. You're in a process of being equipped. You're in a process of being empowered. You're in a process of being discipled. Within that process, you are to serve. Everyone say serve. Okay? Anybody, does that sound familiar to anybody? Those things that I just said? 
that's the vision of New Covenant Church. Amen? You should be in those processes. If you're not in those processes, listen, why should you be in those processes? Because it's healthy. Because it's growing you up and maturing you. Because you're becoming like Jesus. Amen? It's not just something we picked out of the air. It's not like, oh yeah, maybe that would be good. Oh, well, let's write that down. Well, maybe that would be, yeah, okay, that sounds all right. Yeah. It didn't come out of our heads. It came from the heart of God. And it's all biblically based and founded. Somebody say amen. So let me say this. If you're a disciple of this house, if you're a disciple of this house, obviously it starts with saved, then you should be in a process of healing. And guess what? That process of healing, it can be many, many areas of your life. My wife and I, we're still being healed in our finances. Everybody's in some level of healing in some part of their life. Amen? And I'm not ashamed of that. I was in $1.5 million worth of debt. Guess what? I have very little compared to that now. I'm in a process of being healed in my finances. Sanctified. Amen? We all should be in a process of healing. We all should be in a process of freedom. Everybody say freedom. Freedom. If you're not engaged in the freedom ministry at New Covenant Church, you need to be. Why? Because it's healthy for you. Because you be, it, it blesses you and free people free other people. And that's what we're called to do. Amen? You should be in the process of being equipped, coming to equipped classes, being here on Sunday, being a part of a small group. All of those things equip you to do the work of the ministry. When you have fellowship with other believers, there's an equipping that happens by which you can't get that in any other place. And then you should be empowered. Everybody say empowered. Empowered Empowered by by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go into all that tonight, but that's a big part of our vision as well. To make sure and see that you are all empowered. Okay, let's keep moving on here. When we do not know what is required of us from God's Word, then we will um, not know how to live in the, in the promise of abundant life. So we've got to dig into His Word. Okay? Alright, so here's what I'm going to do. God asks us to live biblically. Right? I believe we need to learn how to redeem the word Christian. The word Christian has become a dirty word in America. You realize that? We're almost ashamed to say I'm Christian. Because we know that Christians have so dirtied the word Christian. Right? Either Christians, they tell people they're Christians because they want something from them. You know, we're Christian business. Then they go and they don't do things right or they lie or they steal. Right? Or you're a Christian friend and you just treated them wrong and you didn't do it right you know we made mistakes whatever it may be we all soil the name Christian on one level or another but the way we keep from soiling that name is we learn to live biblically everybody say biblically biblically okay I'm going to tell you how to live biblically okay there's there's some questions you need to ask yourself to live biblically here's one okay does every decision I make find its source in the word of God Does every decision I make find its source in the Word of God? Number two, is it producing love in you and in others? 
Everybody get the first one? First one was this. Does every decision I make find its source in the Word of God? That's how I can determine whether I'm living biblically. The second way, the second question I can ask myself is, is it producing love in me and others? So what you're doing, how you're acting, the attitude that you're having, is it producing love in you? And is it producing love in others? The action you're doing, the thing that's going on in your life, is it producing love in you and others? Right? The way you look at your wife, the way you look at your spouse, the way you look at your boss, the way you think about your boss, the way that you walk down the street, is it producing love in you and love in others? Do you walk with an arrogant, haughty, prideful way? Or is it just simply confident and, and collected and knowing that God is walking before you and behind you? Number three, is the fruit of the Spirit expressed? Is the fruit of the Spirit expressed? Then the fourth question is this. Is the nature of God expressed as in rightly divided Scripture? Is the nature of God expressed in rightly divided Scripture? And obviously, I feel like I have to tag on rightly divided because a lot of times we can say, well, I was doing the Word. She just was acting that way, and so I just, I just told her what the Word said. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Is that God's nature of love expressing the Scripture the way it should be expressed? Right? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I did one time. I learned my lesson fast. I was uh, I was working at a job, and um, there was a there was a lady there who was a friend of ours. Trishy laughs at this every time I tell it. I can't believe I did this. Um, I was young and I was dumb and I've learned. Anyway, this this lady, and I'm going to show you how you can be carnal with the Word of God. This young lady. I'm talking day in and day out. She was on a diet all the time. She was overweight a little bit, or maybe more than that. And she was constantly coming to me, and I could tell it was mainly for attention. And it wasn't, it wasn't a sexual weird, it was just, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do this, or I should have done that. Talking about her diet. And, and she was just kind of whining about it, you know. And, and I, just, I just said, you know how to not be fat, right? Say, quit putting food in your mouth. Now, I just spoke the truth, but that wasn't love. love. Right? And then as soon as it came out of my mouth, I went, what am I doing? What am I saying? I am not being Jesus here. And it was all out of frustration and self-righteousness and just ugliness. Right? Right. Right. And I, even, I think I called Chris or went and I just said, you, you're never going to know. You're never going to believe what I just did. you got to help me restore this. I'm just stupid, you know. And, the, and she was so merciful. I mean, it hurt her feelings. She walked away crying. Anyway, and see, and now listen, that was 25 years, something like that ago, okay? Now I've learned how to say it just to think, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But just being able to use the word rightly. Amen? And see, I think I even quoted a scripture. And I might have even quoted a preacher. 
You know, I was listening to a preacher back then named Fred Price. Have you ever heard of Fred Price? Yeah. Fred Price was constantly saying this, hey, just put down the jelly donut. <laughs> put down the jelly donut. It won't be fat. Put down the jelly donut. Yes, he did. You know, and a lot of times he, he just say it playfully and silly, and, you know. But I think he meant some of it, too. And so I was kind of coming from that same place, but it was not the same place. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to watch over making sure that we rightly divide the word of truth and that we speak the truth in love. That the fruit of the Spirit is being expressed. That's how we live biblically. Okay? All right, now I want to finish with uh, Mark chapter 4. We started there week before last. So turn to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to talk about living by the authority of the sown word. The word that's sown in our heart. We're going to learn a little bit about, a little more deeply about um, the sowing of, of God's word into our heart and how we live with that, how we expand that. So turn to Mark chapter 4. And we'll finish with this tonight. Anybody getting anything tonight? Yeah. Amen, I am too. It's good. Feed my spirit. Okay, Mark chapter 4, and we'll start reading in verse 13. And we're going to read pretty much the rest. Well, we'll read down quite a bit here, okay? So stay with me. Um, and I will stop along the way and minister a few things. Um, verse 13, Mark, Mark 4, 13. Jesus said to them, Know you not this parable? How then will you know all parables? Okay? So I'm going to stop there. Does that mean this is a very important parable? Yes. Yeah, he's saying if you can get this, if you can understand how this works, then all the other parables are going to spring off of this. That's what he's saying. He's saying this is a foundational parable. Uh-huh. Okay? So let's keep reading. The sower sows the word in verse 14. And it goes on, it says, And these are, the, these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they have heard, everybody say have heard, heard. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Everybody say offended. Y'all remember when we heard the word offended earlier? What scripture were we talking about? Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus went to his own hometown, right? And he was there teaching, wanted to preach and teach and see powerful things happen. It said they were offended by him. Okay? So what offends you, persecution and affliction, is what the enemy brings to your doorstep so that you'll be offended by the word that's trying to defend you. Instead, he wants to try and turn that word on you by causing you to think that, oh, well, God's not with me. I'm receiving all this persecution and affliction. Well, I just, I must not have heard God, or I must have, God must have, He must have left me, or, you listening to me? Listen, when persecution and affliction comes, that's when you need to go, hey, man, me and God, we're walking. <laughs> this stuff's happening. These people are berating me, man. These people are coming down on me. They're calling me this, and they're calling me that. They're telling lies on me, right? That's when you need to say, okay, God, we're working on something. Amen? The Word's working. Keep working the Word. All right? So now let's keep reading here. Verse 18, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the Word, and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in. Everybody say entering in. Entering in. Where is there, are those things entering into? Where's the Word sown into? 
your heart. It's not just entering into your mind. It enters in through your mind, but then you actually allow it to become a belief in your heart. That's right. When you allow a, 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 a word that is contrary to the word of God to enter into your mind to the point where you believe it, now it's actually entered into your heart and it's able to choke the word. Because remember, the word doesn't just live in your mind like the Pharisees and Sadducees. The word lives in your heart. Right. Amen. That's where it's powerful. That's where it's real. Yes, the, yes, you can memorize Scripture, but when it's in your heart, you're believing it. And the Bible says in, in um, Mark chapter 11, right? If you believe and then you say unto the mountain and you do not doubt in your heart, then guess what? The mountain moves, right? right? But it's because you didn't doubt in your heart, not doubting in your mind. You realize you can doubt in your mind and not doubt in your heart and get what it is that God wants you to have? Did you know that? Yeah. You can have mind doubts. Everybody has doubting mind thoughts. But when you recognize those thoughts as doubts, and you know you're doubting, then your heart's telling you that you're doubting. Yeah. And you're actually believing. Right? And that's the time you recognize the thoughts and you go, I'm not going to think that thought. That's not a thought of God. That's a fiery dart of the enemy. Right. And I'm going to use my shield of faith, which is in my heart and comes out of my mouth, to quench every fiery dart of the enemy that's trying to put me in a box of doubt, shame, unbelief, that's fear. Right. Amen. Amen? Yeah. Man, I'm preaching good. Somebody say amen. Right. Amen. I, I, I'm preaching to myself. Believe me, I am. <laughs> One day I'll tell the testimony where I'm living while I'm going through this series, and y'all will all understand, wow, he was preaching to himself. Okay? <laughs> All right, so they enter in, those lusts of other things, deceitful and riches, cares of the world, enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. That's what the devil wants. That's right. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit. Everybody say, bring forth fruit. Bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100. Now, when we talk to you about bringing forth, bringing forth, another word for that is bear fruit, right? Bear fruit means that you're going to persevere through some things. Amen? Listen, the Word of God, I said this in the last time I talked about this scripture, the Word of God was intended to kill affliction. The Word of God was intended to kill persecution. The Word of God was intended to kill, kill the deceitfulness of riches. It was intended to kill the lust for other things. It was intended to kill the cares of this world. It doesn't want any of that entering in. Matter of fact, it wants to produce a hundredfold return. Amen. Right. Amen? That's what it's intended to do. So when we use the word the way it was intended, will we get 30, 60, and 100 fold? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, but we have to hear it. Then we have to receive it. Receiving is that part that I told you, self-feeding. Meditate. Chew. All of a sudden, you heard it. You wrote it down on a piece of paper or in your phone. You're like, I heard that. The Holy Spirit spoke something to me. That was awesome. And then our problem is, is we take that and we go, I'm going to live on this all week. <laughs> and we run around all week and we think about that scripture a couple of times. And then the attack comes. Right. And we're like, oh my God. And we forget the scripture altogether. We're like, God, what's going on? He was like, don't you, I, I gave you the word before. The, listen, 
Does the Bible say he goes before you? Listen, I, there's been so many times that something big was going to happen to me, and God tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need the scripture right here. And then as I started to meditate on it, and then when that big thing came, it wasn't so big at all because it came up against the word of God. It didn't come up against me. I let the word be my defender. I let the word knock down the walls of Jericho. Amen? So when you receive it, the way you hear it, then you receive it is the meditation, the chewing on, the self-feeding, the mumbling, the, the, the muttering, the, 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 the listening to it over and over, saying it to yourself over and over, going to, going, to, going to sleep with it on your lips, waking up with it on your lips. Amen? That's receiving it. And then bearing fruit. How do you bear fruit? You be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. Everybody say, I'm a doer of the Word. I'm a doer. I'm not a hearer only. Not a hearer only. That's how you bear fruit. You go out and you do what the Word has told you to do. You be who God has called you to be. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, now let's keep going because here's the thing. In your Bible, it looks like there's a break and he changes. He's still talking about the Word of God. Right. Listen to this. It says, and he says, say and. And. He's, in a, he's still talking, and. When, I, when, when I'm talking and I go, and, I'm not done with the same thought, am I? Right. He says, and, he said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a, under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? Let's talk about that. The word should be seen and heard through your life. Write that down. The word should be seen. That word that's spoken to you, that you're mumbling, that you're muttering, that you're meditating, it should be seen, being a doer of the word. It should be seen by other people. It should be heard by other people. Now he's going to continue to tell you, listen, he's telling you how to get a hundredfold return. I don't know about you, but I want a hundredfold return. Whether it's a hundredfold return of love, joy, relationships, finances, whatever it is, I want a hundredfold return of an abundant life here and now. Not in the sweet by and by. He paid the price for us to have an abundant life now. Everybody say now. Faith is now, the Bible says. Okay? So now he goes on, he says in verse 22, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. That is that what he's saying there is is this everything that's hidden for you will be revealed. And everything that's hidden in you will be revealed. See, there's some things in you that are keeping you from having the things for you. That's what freedom ministry is all about. There's stuff in you that's clogging up your pipe to be able to receive everything you need from God. You've got to get free from that. And until you get free from that, you're not going to get what you need to get. You're not going to be who you need to be. Amen? But it will be manifested as you stay in the Word, as you meditate on the Word, as you self-feed. Now, verse 23 says this. If a man has ears to hear, let him hear. Right there, it's simply this. Open your ears spiritually by feeding. You've got to open your ears spiritually by feeding. Not just reading, feeding. They say feeding. Okay? Verse uh, 24 says this, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. In other words, be careful what you hear. With what measure you measure, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Now, that verse, when you break that down, it says it means this. To the degree... (laughs) To the degree 
that you measure the word as significant and important and life-changing is to the degree it will be. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't measure Jesus as being significant when he came to, to, the, to their town. The word of God walked up, was ready to produce miracles, signs, and wonders. Ready to call them out as callings. Maybe some of them were supposed to walk with him and be there, be his disciple. And they're all like, you're the carpenter's boy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Let me say that again. To the degree you measure the word as significant and important and life-changing is to the degree it will be. And what I'm talking about is, is that word that the Holy Spirit breathes on in that moment that you're preached to, or that you read the word it's breathed on, and you start to meditate, you start to roll it around, you start to let it grow. As you continue to give it significance and importance, you continue to allow it to grow and expand in your heart, then guess what? L- listen to the next scripture. Listen. Verse 25. For he that has, to him shall more be given. He that has not. So even what he has to take away. What he's saying is if you'll hear the word, you'll start hearing, you'll start doing, you'll start hearing, you'll start doing. Then he says, there's somebody I can trust with the word. There's someone who knows how to get a hundredfold return. There's someone who knows how to get set lives saved. There's someone who knows how to set apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers into a church. There's someone who knows how to birth God-given things into the earth. So guess what he does? Revelation. Revelation. Right. Revelation. Revelation, and all of a sudden they've got a church of thirty thousand, like like uh, Robert over there, Robert Morris, right? Listen, God wants you to do big things. He's called you to do big things. We all know that. That's inbred in our DNA. That's right. We are called to do great and mighty things, great exploits. We are called for that. Yeah. If you think, oh, I'm the exception, no, I'm the backseat guy, or I just over here, I just listen. You're believing a lie. The fact that you ask and you help someone receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior is an eternal, amazingly huge thing that in a billion years that person is going to walk up to you and knock on your big old mansion door. He's going to go, thank you. Thank you. A billion years from now, he's going to come up and say that to you. And not only that, then he's going to go like this. Hey, you, let me show you something. Because I got saved. You see this lot of people right here that are all behind me, all 100,000 of them? They all got saved. And they're here and I'm here because you did what you were supposed to do. Amen. 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 That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Don't miss it. Don't, don't let there be the one that wants to come up to the door, but you didn't do it. Chew on the Word of God. Feed on the Word of God. Be the Word of God. Allow it to come out of you. Verse 26, so is the kingdom of God as as if a man should cast seed into the ground. The word of God is seed and your heart is the ground. Verse 27, and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring up and grow up. He knoweth not how. Now listen to this. When you receive a word from God, especially about dreams, about things that are future things that God's called you to, let me just say it this way. You can't know by your intellect to walk by faith. You must know by the witness of the Spirit with your spirit. Otherwise, it's not faith. Alright? Let me say that again. You can't know by your intellect in order to walk by faith. You must know by the witness of the Spirit with your spirit. Okay? Otherwise, you can't walk in faith. 
Because listen, if you knew it in your brain, if you knew it was a done deal in your brain, there's no reason to walk by faith. Somebody say amen. And see, God has commanded us to walk by faith. We're going to walk by faith. God longs for us to walk by faith. Why? Because faith moves mountains. Why? Because faith is a victory that overcomes the world. Right? He longs for us to walk by faith. So listen, when you're in a battle and you keep, listen, you keep saying, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? It's okay that you don't know. And what I've learned to say is, is my head doesn't understand, but my heart completely understands. I may not know in my brain, but my spirit understands that I can just walk in peace and be in rest right. and my daddy's got my back. Peace. Amen? And then to declare the word of God over that situation, whatever it may be. Okay, all right, we're almost done. <clears throat> to sleep and rise night and day and see that should spring up and grow up, he knows not how. For the ear brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Okay? That's uh, verse 28. Your heart is designed to produce fruit from the word of God. It will always produce fruit in stages. They say stages. 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 You, don't, you don't, you know, Robert Morris didn't have a, a vision or have an understanding that he was going to have a church of 20,000 people. And then the next day, look, let's preach. Okay. Everybody open your Bible. 20,000 people. Right? It was a process. Everybody say process. Process. See, many of us, and that's why the devil understands this as much as God does, is the Word comes, which is the life-giving source that can save all of humanity. When it gets planted in your heart, that's why he comes immediately. Because he knows it's going to produce results if he lets it. That's right. See, he's scared of it. Right. And that's why we have to be, we have to be vigilant, right? right? We have to be dedicated. We have to be committed to be sure to mold that word over and stay with it and preach it and teach it and talk it to yourself. Amen? Amen. And allow it to grow. Allow it to strengthen. Allow it to, to gain the ability to, to, be, to be birthed. Amen? Amen? So whatever that vision is, listen, all of, all of us have visions and we have dreams that God has given us. I believe tonight God is saying this. Take that off the shelf. Pick it back up. And start going with it again. Take that off the shelf, pick it back up, and start going with it. Amen. Your heart will produce the fruit, but you've got to, you've got to feed on the Word of God. Amen. Verse twenty-nine. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So when the fruit comes. Basically, you reap it. Your dream is seen. Your vision is fulfilled. Amen? Now you just go enter into it and start getting after it. Whatever that is. Amen? There is a working of the Word of God. Do you understand that? God, nothing ever just fell out of heaven on people. God likened the kingdom of God as seed time and harvest. Notice he didn't liken it as any type of man's institution. Because, see, man's laws and institutions, they can all be usurped and, 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 and somehow get around the system. You can't get around the system of the natural law of reaping right. and sowing, or sowing and reaping. Right? You have to walk through it. 
And that's what's happening in all of our lives, in our, in our relationships, in our finances, in our love walk. I mean, you go down the list, in our healing, in our mental wealth, our health, in, in all of those areas, we're on some level of receiving the Word of God so that we can live at a greater level of life and peace and joy like the Holy Spirit has called us to. Amen? And I'll say it again, to the degree that you give the Word of God importance in that area, That's right. and you mull it over, and you speak it, and you let it grow inside of you until the point, listen to me, because here's what should happen. Someone could, should come up to you, see, you're supposed to live a blessed life. That means you're supposed to live whole. Everybody say whole. Spiritually, you should be whole. Mentally, you should be whole. Physically, you should be whole. Financially, you should be whole. That's God's will for you. That's is right. wholeness. Wholeness. Right? Yeah. We're all not quite there yet, are we? No. But the good thing is, is that is what He wants for us. Right. So anytime there's something contrary to that, we can put the Word of God more in our heart in that area and allow the Word of God to defend God's will for us to be whole in that area. We don't have to do it. All we have to do is, listen, when I say do it, we don't have to go fight the devil ourselves. All we have to do is listen to the Word and do what the Word says. Amen? And the Word will fight our battles. Amen. Do you all receive that? That's how you make, listen, that's how you make God's Word first place and final authority. Amen? That's how we do it. And when, when God's Word is first place and it is final authority, and listen, wherever, whatever area you really work on, it's kind of like, you know, Paul and I have been talking a lot lately. He's, he's a, a gym rat. He loves to be in the gym and work out and be fit. And he's got, I mean, I think his body percentage of fat is just crazy stupid. And, you know, and I'll be there, you know, in heaven. And then, um, but, you know, he'll tell you like anybody else, if he takes the time to work on his abs and works them and works them and works them, then he's going to see results there, right? What happens with us is, is we want blessing in a certain part of our life and we don't want to do what the Word tells us to do. So we continue to experience and we and what happens is we, we, we go to our comforts or we go to our own ways of, 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 com- of, of being comforted or coping with that area being the way it is. And that's when the enemy has you in a cycle. And that's where God's saying, I'm going to break you out. I came to set the captives free. Yeah. And it's going to come from that word that you impart into that part of your life. Just like you work on your ads, if you want your finances to be whole, get in the word and see what God said about finances. Amen? Yeah. All right, so you all have that yellow piece of paper, right? Right. Let's read. I'm going to read it to you so, we all, so I know everybody's ready, okay? First, making God and his word first. Okay, we're going to finish with this. F, obviously I've got the acronym there, F, finances. If you want God to bless your finances, even during a recession, you must tithe. Sorry, there's no other alternative. Amen. Tithing. Listen to me, tithing. I'm not going to teach on tithing tonight. If you you don't believe me, then go to the Word and find out yourself. There's many times when a preacher's going to say something, you're going to be like, the the bottom line is, is go to the Word. Rightly divide it yourself, and you will find out that without tithing, you can't be blessed. That's just what the Word says. 
Number two, interest. Put Him first in your hobbies, your career, your recreation. Give God first consideration in every decision. We touched on that tonight. Relationships. Put Him first in your family, your marriage, and your friendships. Schedule. That means you give Him the first part of every day. You get up and sit on the side of your bed every morning and say, God, if I don't get any else, anything else done today, I just want to love you a little bit more and know you a little bit better. Troubles. You need to turn to God first when you have a problem. Prayer should never be your last resort. It should be your first choice. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Let's pray. Father.